Good afternoon, everybody. Uh, welcome to the Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast. My name is Frank. I'm the host of the show. It's great to be on today. Uh, I am live on both Facebook and on Twitter. Uh, so welcome if you're going to be joining. Uh, this is going to be the second episode where we try to see if we get anyone that's interested in coming on to talk about the topics that I'm talking about today. I'm going to be reviewing uh, two movies. The 1990, excuse me, 1988 film Midnight Run and the just released Spiral, The Book of Saul starring Chris Rock, which is a, I don't know if it's a, not a reboot, but a continuation of kind of the Saul legacy of horror films. So we're going to talk about both those movies today. Uh, but before I do that, just a couple of housekeeping things. Let me start with the live aspect. So again, I'm live on both Twitter, hello Twitter and on Facebook. I have dropped the link in all of my social media. So on Instagram at Bend Your Ear Pod. On Twitter, also at Bend Your Ear Pod, and on Facebook, um, I have the link to this room. So basically, if you want to join, uh, if you want to comment, you can comment and leave a comment. If you don't want to join live uh, about what I'm talking about or any other subjects regarding movies, and uh, if you want to come in, I'll bring you on, and then you'll be live with me if you come on here in the next hour or so. Uh, I know I said I was going to come on at noon. I figured I'd drop in a little bit early just to get everything set up, uh, but we're ready to get going. So. Welcome to the Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast. Again, my name is Frank. I am the host of the show. This is a movie podcast. So I discuss and review movies new and old. That's basically the tagline of the show. So again, I uh, hope you enjoy uh, the content. If you've listened before, thanks for coming back to continuing to listen either here on the live video or on the audio feed. Uh, if you're a new listener, I hope you like what you see. Feel free to join in, leave a comment or listen to the podcast or see it on video. So I'll start with the audio part of it first. You can listen to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and wherever you get your podcast. And one thing I would ask if you do listen to it in the audio format, and this is a very important way you can help the show reach a wider audience, which is what I'm trying to do, is rate and review, specifically if you listen on Apple Podcast. Uh, I would uh, appreciate a rating of five stars and a review if you like the show. Uh, the more ratings and reviews uh, any show gets on these applications, the higher the show will be put in search results. So if somebody is searching for a movie podcast and any particular show has a lot of positive ratings and reviews, those will rise up in the search engine results. So hopefully that'll find uh, more people to check out the podcast. So if you could do that, I'd appreciate it. Again, you can listen on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Now for the video feature, which I've incorporated over the last few episodes, the show has a Facebook channel, which is Let Me Bend Your Ear. You can find it there on facebook.com. There is also a YouTube channel that is Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast. So if you consume uh, your, your either video or audio through YouTube, the channel is there. The video that uh, the live that I'm doing right now and all the lives that I do when I record episodes will be uploaded to the YouTube channel. Also the Facebook channel. So if you want to watch it there, you can watch them in both places. So I would also ask if you don't mind to click and subscribe to that, subscribe to the YouTube channel and like the Facebook page. Uh, again, that'll help um, drive search results, uh, the more likes and the more subscriptions uh, that the channel has. So if you could do that, I'd appreciate that as well. Um, if you want to email me, email the show. It's bendyourearpodcast at gmail.com. Feel free to email me with any comments on the show, any suggestions on movie reviews, any thoughts on movies. 
the best way to interact with me is going to be on Twitter. I'm on Twitter every day discussing movies with people, other podcast pastors, movie fans. Uh, if you um, follow me at Bend Your Ear Pod, uh, if you uh, tag me in any post, I will definitely respond. And uh, I love to discuss movies all the time. It's one of my favorite things to do. So please feel free to do that. Also, if you see my posts on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, if you can like and share them, uh, whether it's episodes or the live videos or anything that I post, uh, that's another easy way you can help raise the profile of the show if you're a fan. Now, if movie podcasts aren't for you and you you, you peruse and you see this video, you pass by it. But if you know of a, a friend or family member that likes uh, to talk movies or likes movie podcasts, share it with them as well. Because even if you're not particularly a fan of it, there may be someone you know uh, that would enjoy it. So I'd appreciate it if you did that as well. So again, uh, thank you for doing that. Uh, also, um, like I said, this is going to be a movie podcast. I announced last week that uh, I'm shifting away from the three-topic format and focusing solely on movies. And uh, I'm glad I did it. Uh, I think it's going to see immediate results in the quality of the podcast. So hopefully you feel the same. So again, I'm live now here on Twitter and Facebook. So like I said, I'm going to be discussing Midnight Run and then discussing Spiral. So we're going to talk two movies today. So again, uh, regardless of where I'm at in the podcast, I'm going to just flow like I normally do on an episode. Feel free if you are joining live and you are interested in coming on. Like I said, just click on the link and uh, I'll see you here. Or if you want to leave comments, I will look at the comments here on Facebook and respond if you'd rather just leave a comment on what I'm talking about. Or if it's something about movies that maybe that's not related to this episode, that's okay too. Uh, but like I said, hopefully you'll you'll find what we're talking about today engaging. All right, so let's get right into it. I'm gonna start with one of my favorite films of all time. And I think it is probably the best action comedy of all time, in my opinion. And that's a high, high compliment from me. I'm going to be reviewing another one in a couple of weeks. That's really good as well. That actually coincidentally has the same director. So Midnight Run was released in 1988. Now, the 1980s were known for kind of the buddy comedy movie. Uh, that's There's a lot of them that came out in that decade. Uh, that's my decade. Of course, I'm an 80s kid, so I love the 80s movies. You know, you had Beverly Hills Cop, 48 Hours, Running Scared. This movie, Midnight Run, that I'm going to review, a lot of these movies came out. Lethal Weapon, uh, a lot of these movies came out in the 80s. So today we're going to discuss Midnight Run. So Midnight Run, again, released in 1988. The film stars Robert De Niro, Charles Grodin, and it has a great supporting cast, which I'll get into more in the review. The movie was directed by Martin Brest. So he's had a very interesting career. He's directed some very good movies. Another one being one of the other great action comedies of the 80s, Beverly Hills Cop. Uh, very good comedy director. He He's more known for the fact that he really doesn't direct anymore. He directed the movie Gigli that came out, I think, in 2004 with Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck. So if you're a fan of movies and know anything about movie history, you know that movie was pretty much universally panned as a terrible movie. It was an awful flop. And I think, I don't know if it had anything to do with Martin Bress stop, to stop making movies, but he definitely hasn't made one since then. And he's kind of, I don't know if recluse is the right word. I think even people that are friends of his, he's just kind of withdrawn from movie making period, uh, which is unfortunate because he's made some fantastic movies including this one here midnight rum the screenplay is by george gallo so robert de niro plays bounty hunter jack walsh so you find out as the movie goes that he is a former chicago cop what kind of uh, an interesting backstory about something that happened to him so he ends up not being a cop anymore and uh doing bounty hunter work 
So he is hired for a job by uh, Eddie Muscone, played by the great uh, actor Joe Pantoliano, uh, to pick up somebody, an easy job. So the term midnight run is something where you pick up someone easy, you get them back. So basically, he hires, Muscone hires Jack to get Jonathan Mardukas, who turns out is an accountant who was an accountant for a mafioso in Chicago. Mardukas ended up embezzling millions of dollars and then giving that to charity, and then he went on the run. He jumped bail and went on the run. So Muscone wants Jack to bring him back. He's got five days to do it. He needs to find him, bring him back, because if he does not, the bail bondsman is going to eat $450,000. That's what he put up for the bond, not realizing who this guy was. So basically, if this guy doesn't come back, they don't get him back before Friday midnight. So about five days from when he gives Jack the assignment, then he's pretty much out of business. So that's the setup for the movie. And um, so he goes after him. So Jack Walsh goes after Mardukas. Mardukas is played by uh, comedic actor Charles Grodin. Who's, who's great, and I'll get into, like I said, I'll get into the performances. So that sets the story in motion. So what's going on is you have multiple things happening. So you have Jack going after Mardukas. You have the FBI going after Mardukas to get him since he jumped bail. You have the mobster, Serrano, played by the great actor, late actor Dennis Farina, going after him because, of course, they want him dead because he knows because of what he's done, because of what he's done, robbed him of his money. So of course, they're not going to let that go by. So you got more, you have all these things going on and complicating the situation. So Midnight Run is essentially a road picture. And I'm going to be reviewing, and it's funny, as, as I rewatch Midnight Run, uh, I'm going to be reviewing another great comedy from the 80s, uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. So as I'm looking at Midnight Run, it's funny because Midnight Run has a similar trajectory in the fact that basically these two go on plane, literally planes, trains, and automobiles as well as he's trying to get him back from um, New York to California. So I thought it was kind of amusing that it's basically a road picture. But what makes this movie fantastic is there's several things. Normally when I do a review, you know, I get into what I like and what I didn't like. I can tell you right now, there's really, there's nothing about this movie that I did not like. So we're going to be talking about everything that I did like. So one, the performances universally are fantastic and any great movie regardless of genre when uh, you know it's good when you have a deep well of performances from every actor in the movie whether it's the stars of the movie in this case Groden and De Niro or whether it's small supporting performances uh, uh, such as John Ashton uh, as a rival bounty hunter he's great in this movie uh, Ashton was also used by director Martin Brest in, in Beverly Hills Cops. So he was taggered in, um, in Beverly Hills Cops. So if you remember that movie, he was the partner. Um, it was Rosewood and Taggart. So Rosewood was Judge Reinhold's character, kind of the nerdy one. And Taggart was the veteran cop. He shows up here in Midnight Run as a rival bounty hunter. Absolutely hilarious. Again, Joe Ponsigliano as Eddie Muscone, the bail bondsman. Fantastic. He spends half the movie yelling because he's so stressed out, but he's so fantastic in the movie. Dennis Farina, as I mentioned, great actor, uh, um, the late actor Dennis Farina. He's great as, as the mobster Serrano. And then, of course, the two lead characters, De Niro and Groden. I know De Niro in interviews uh, over the years have said, has said that Midnight Run is one of his favorite movies that he's ever done. And I can understand why. It's, it's a fantastic role for him. De Niro is fantastic in it. 
Uh, I know as I was doing the research on here, I know he was coming off The Untouchables where he played Al Capone. That movie came out 1987, the Brian De Palma film, which is a classic, and he was great in it. And he was looking to do something comedic in um, another side story. And I knew this from um, uh, doing research on other movies. He really wanted the role in Big and uh, was pursuing it. But the studio had no interest. I think Penny Marshall was interested, but the studio had no interest. And of course, you know, the rest of that story is history. Tom Hanks ended up getting that role and uh, getting his first Oscar nomination for it. And he was fantastic in it. It had been a way different movie with De Niro, but De Niro was very interested in doing it. But um, ended up reteaming with Penny Marshall a few years later in Awakenings. But he was looking for a comedy to do, found this script, uh, was really interested in doing it. The film was originally set up at Paramount and Paramount wanted a big star next to De Niro to guarantee box office success. So believe it or not, they wanted to cast a woman in the role and wanted Cher to do it. And uh, Martin Brest and, and the screenwriter didn't agree with it, didn't think it would be right. So that ended up not happening. So Paramount actually ended up passing on the movie because Charles Grodin ended up auditioning and the audition with De Niro was fantastic. Their chemistry was fantastic, as you see when you watch the finished film. So once Grodin, once they pursued Grodin, uh, the Paramount was out. So then Universal ended up coming in and financing and producing the picture. And of course it went forward with Grodin and De Niro. The chemistry between them is the best reason to watch Midnight Run. The, the irritating force that Grodin is on De Niro's character in the movie is, is the, is the greatest part of Midnight Run. He is a constant irritant to, to De Niro and De Niro's reaction to that irritation and how he deals with that irritation is hilarious. And that's the key. And in a movie like this, when you have an actor like Grodin who has a specific style, it could, if you're not a fan of, uh, of an irritated character, it could get to the point where it's irritating to the audience. And that's when the movie doesn't work. The Midnight Run does not do that. The irritation that Grodin provides De Niro's character is the source of most of the comedy in the movie. And what makes this movie, what sets this movie above a lot of action comedies or even action films to begin with, there is a very good emotional resonance in their relationship, especially as you find out more about Jack Walsh's character, you find out why he's not with the Chicago police anymore, his association to Jimmy Serrano, the mobster, his family situation. These things come to light as the film progresses, but it, it happens in a natural way. It doesn't feel like it's thrown in. It doesn't feel like it's just added for, you know, no particular purpose. It's very organic. And as the road picture element of it goes through, as they're trying to get, as he's trying to get him back to LA, you get to see this. And then also you get to see the relationship between Jack and the Duke grow uh, as they learn more about each other and uh, ultimately come to an understanding. Again, great cast. I forgot to mention the late Yafet Kodo. He passed away recently. I posted about him. Great actor. He was an alien, uh, probably best known for Homicide Life on the Street. He was a James Bond villain, but he is Agent Mosley of the FBI in Midnight Run. And uh, he's fantastic with his deadpan, you know, delivery and trying to catch the Duke and, of course, go after Jack Walsh, who's going after the Duke. Uh, there's a great running gag in the movie, and it's not a spoiler. So early in the movie, uh, Jack Walsh ends up with Mosley's ID. And as he's going through situations and navigating situations, he's he's basically, you know, using his identity and saying he's Aaron Mosley. So when Mosley, the actual Mosley, 
is trailing the the whereabouts of Jack and the Duke. All the, the running gag, and there's all the people like, wait, you're Aaron Mosley? Are you all you guys named Mosley? It, it's, it's it's a phenomenal, hilarious running gag throughout Midnight Run. And it's uh it's a great movie. Like I said, it's it's a lot of good action, hilarious movie. And like I said, the, the the best thing I can recommend about this movie is like is like I said, the the performances from top to bottom are all fantastic. All add to the movie. Even the smallest role adds to the movie. Uh, small performances from all these actors are just great. And I remember I saw this in the movies in '88 when it came out. Loved it then on the and I haven't seen it in years. On the rewatch of the movie, it's it's fantastic. Uh, it's just as good. It holds up phenomenally well. I still laughed out loud at, at the things that happened in the movie. And the like I said, the acting is the biggest reason to do it. And the screenplay is great. It's got a great script. The direction is fantastic. Uh, Martin Brest is is very talented at at directing comedy and and specifically directing action comedies. And when I do get to my review of, of Beverly Hills Cop, uh, you're gonna see a lot of the same comments about that movie as about this movie, which is a testament to to his ability as a director uh, of these types of movies. So uh, it's definitely a fantastic movie. I highly recommend it. It's actually, as of right now, uh, available on HBO Max. You can also, I'm sure, rent it on Amazon Prime and, and buy the movie. I would, I would highly recommend if you collect movies, uh, picking this one up. It's a fantastic movie. If you have not seen it, I cannot recommend it any highly, any any higher, especially if you're a fan of De Niro and Groden. It's like I said, it's one of De Niro's best performances in a movie. And I know that's a high bar as well. And like I said, the fact that he considers it one of his favorite movies that he's ever done should tell you all you need to know. It's a fantastic movie. Him and Groden together are fantastic. And like I said, it's it's a it's probably, in my opinion, the best action comedy that I've ever seen. And I say that unequivocally. And I think you'll agree if you watch the movie. So my review of Midnight Run, I'm going to give it five Van Goghs out of five. As I explained last week in my Fletch review, uh, movies that I give five Van Goghs are very rare. And they're movies that I've watched over and over and over again. It's not to say that my five Van Gogh review states that this is one of the greatest movies ever made of all time. That's not how I do it. I base my review on my reviews on the watchability for me, my enjoyment level of the movie, and if I would watch it over and over again. And I don't give five Van Goghs very often, but this is a movie that I've seen probably 10, 11 times and love it every time I see it. So when I can watch a movie over and over again, consistently and consistently enjoy it and always revisit it then it's going to get a five van gogh review from me so that's uh, my review of midnight run uh 1988 five van goes out of five and like i said you can check it out on hbo max and you can also see it uh, probably rent it wherever you rent your movies on vod all right so again just to remind everybody i'm live on facebook and on twitter uh, i dropped the link to the room in both my twitter and instagram uh, account. So if you want to join me or put a comment in, feel free to do so. Or if you want to jump into the room, uh, I'll bring you in. So going into the next movie is a new one. This is Saw from the Book of Spir uh, Spiral, excuse me, from the Book of Saw. Uh, this has uh, Chris Rock, Max Mangilla, Marisol Nichols, and Samuel L. Jackson. So now if you are a fan of horror films, and I am a casual fan of horror films, so I'm not uh, huge in the genre per se. 
uh, I I have an uh, opinion of any genre of movie, no matter what it is, if it's well done or excellent, I'll check it out. But I don't seek out horror movies. Saw is a exception. Uh, I've been actually was put onto the series ironically by my wife, who is not really a horror movie fan, but she loved this series, you know, specifically the first movie because she's a fan of movies with puzzles and mysteries, and she really gravitated towards that part of saw even though she's not a big fan of the gore so she actually introduced me to it i would have probably never even bothered watching them back then had it not been for her introducing me to it uh but a lot of them very clever the stories are clever you know you can always argue about which ones are better and the and the varying qualities of the movies and now i haven't seen all the way through to the end of the series i think i got up to four i think i missed the last few and i did not see jigsaw but uh, I was interested in seeing this one for a couple of reasons. So I remember back in 2019, I had read an article that had indicated that Chris Rock, the comedian and actor, uh, turned out to be a super fan of Saw, was always a big fan of the movie and was interested in starring in a Saw movie. And of course, this was after Jigsaw had come out and Chris Rock actually pitched Lionsgate, the studio that makes these films an idea to continue the story he pitched it to them with him as the star and they were actually interested in doing it so they announced back in 2019 that it would, it would star uh chris rock and um samuel l jackson playing his father so at the time that was that was most of the news that came out so to me that was always interesting one it's always risky when you try to reboot sequelize or do something that's had so many movies and it's so iconic and and apparently the story had been wrapped up. So you always run a risk of a lot of things. The biggest example, I mean, I give this Toy Story 4. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Toy Story 4. Toy Story 3, to me, was the perfect ending of that series. Uh, so to reboot or bring something back or sequelize something, you really have to set a high bar to make sure that you're adding to the, to the greatness of whatever you're trying to do. And I know there's a lot of hardcore fans of Saw. And like, look, it's made, you know, so much money. So obviously it's been successful. But I was interested... And what Chris Rock would bring to it. So Chris Rock came up with the story idea. Uh, so it looks like there was a screenplay written and then he did a polish on the screenplay and uh, and uh, made the movie. So Spiral is a detective story. So Chris Rock plays a detective on the LA Police Department. His father, Samuel L. Jackson, used to be the chief, is not anymore. Uh, so as the movie opens, you see a police officer on a pursuit of a purse snatcher and the purse snatcher goes down into the sewer and he goes down there as well and ends up becoming captured by an unknown person and set up in the first of many traps. As if you're a fan of Saw, you know the elaborate torturous traps that people are put in and they're put in usually because they've done something egregious or some kind of sin they've committed that they haven't received punishment for. And it's the same kind of premise, play a game. You have your choice of whether you live or die and the and what happens. So you can either maim yourself in some way to survive, or if you don't, then obviously you end up dead. So Chris Rock's character is set in motion to investigate these crimes. And that's kind of this, you know, it's a pretty simple setup. So let me talk about what I like the movie. What I liked about the movie. So, Chris Rock, of course, obviously with his persona, and you know he's a very good actor and obviously a phenomenal comedian. 
and he brings both of those elements to this performance. So his performance is really good. You get the funny on Chris Rock, but for the most part, even though he has some funny lines that he says that he can deliver like nobody else, it's a pretty straightforward performance. So he plays a, you know, kind of like the typical cop, you know, kind of tortured, kind of, you know, he's divorced. He's, um, he's at odds with the department because something happened. I don't want to get too much into it because I don't want to, this is not going to be a spoiler review. So I don't, I don't want to give too much away, but he has issues with his fellow police officers for some specific reasons, which uh, impedes his investigation of this series of, of murders uh, of police officers. So as the movie progresses, he's investigating it. Max Mangilla of uh, Handmaid's Tale plays his young partner, rookie. So you got that dynamic as well. Old veteran cop, rookie cop. So, you know, that's, you know, that's a cop movie trope that you've seen hundreds of millions of times. Uh, but that's the setup. But ironically, the best parts of Spyro are actually the first half, almost three quarters of the movie. I, I like the atmosphere it created. Uh, I liked the fact that, you know, that it was police officers this time that were victims um, and, you know, just trying to find out what's going on. So I was interested and, and, and engaged in the performances, which I thought were good uh, by Mangilla and Chris Rock and Samuel Jackson and Marisol Nichols actually as well. Uh, the one thing that was good is you don't really see in cop movies uh, female lieutenants or, 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 or heads of cops that are female. Actually, you don't hardly ever see it at all. The only other time that I've seen it recently is in the excellent Amazon TV show Bosch with Titus Rylover. You have a, he has a female lieutenant and you don't see it very often. So Marisol Nichols is good in here and it's good to see kind of that little different take on it. It's usually a male uh, chief or excuse me, lieutenant. So that was good. So uh, all of that was good. It creates the atmosphere of Saul. Uh, Darryl, uh, Darren Bozeman, I think, came back. He is a Saul veteran. He's directed a few of those movies. So he he knows the, how to make the look of it, the, the, the aesthetics of the franchise. So it, it looks like a Saul movie. Uh, so all of that's all of that's good. The not so good, unfortunately, is uh, like every Saw movie, there are a couple of twists that are in this movie. And I'm, like I said, I'm not going to give away any of those twists. Uh, unfortunately, they were not great in the sense that I knew what the twist was way before it happened. And that's a major problem I have with this movie. And uh, because I think it could have been executed in a way that would have made the twist more shocking uh but it didn't and 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 because there was there's a issue with the flow of the movie uh like i said the first half of the movie flowed pretty well but then some things happened that kind of threw it off for me which also for me informed me what the twist was going to be and i'll just leave it at that i won't say anymore uh like i said i don't want to spoil it if you want to go see it but it was a major problem for me and the last part of the movie, I think, uh, really dropped the ball on on how they're going to do it. And I can tell you, because this is not a secret, I mean, it sets it up for a sequel because what horror movie doesn't set it up for a sequel? Uh, so I don't think, I'm not giving away anything there. But again, even with that, it's just the 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 twist and, how, and the resolution, quote unquote, that you get is just was not good, unfortunately. And it really derailed uh, what would have been uh, my enjoyment of the movie on a lot higher level. Again, the performances were good. The, you know, 
you can always argue about whether the traps are good or not, the way they they figure out ways to kill people. I don't, I mean, that doesn't, I don't really get into that that much. I mean, they were elaborate traps. I know people really get into that part of it. I think the real hardcore horror movie fans get into the, these traps are better. These traps are not better. I saw the movie last night with my son and he's a big fan of the series and he was very disappointed like I was in the, in the way the twist was done and also disappointed on the, the actual traps themselves. He didn't think it lended to the story as well as another movie. So that was his, his take on it. Like I said, I'm not, I'm not as big a nitpicker on those as well. I mean, look, they're killing people in elaborate ways. I don't, I don't really dig into nitpicking on that. So my biggest issue, like I said, was the revelation was the twists in the movie. I thought were not shocking where you go, Oh my goodness. It's just, it just wasn't maybe other people that see it will disagree and if you have seen the movie or if you do see a movie, let me know your thoughts on it, uh, if you agree or disagree with my assessment of it. So, unfortunately, uh, I think Spiral, The Book of Saw is a good half of a movie, uh, which is not a good enough to be a full recommendation for me. So, out of my five Van Goghs, I'm going to give Saw, a Spiral, The Book of Saw, two and a half Van Goghs. So, again, on that scale, it's a movie that had some elements that were good. But uh, I can't recommend going out to see it, maybe watching it on video or DVD when it comes out. And uh, definitely it's not one I'm going to rewatch. So that's going to, that leads to my two and a half uh, Van Gogh review for Spiral. So again, uh, Midnight Run, 1988 film. I definitely recommend that one. Check it out. If you have not seen it, definitely rewatch it if you haven't seen it in a while. I can tell you for me, it holds up phenomenally and it's a great movie. It's a great 80s movie. It's a great action comedy movie, period. So again, five Van Goghs for Midnight Run. And then Saw, uh, Spiral, I keep saying Saw, Spiral from the Book of Saw with Chris Rock. I give two and a half Van Goghs out of five. So again, you can follow the show on social media. The Twitter handle is at BendYourEarPod. That is also the handle for Instagram. The Facebook page is Let Me Bend Your Ear. The YouTube channel is Let Me Bend Your Ear Podcast. So again, you can watch these episodes now if you're watching live. Thank you for joining. If you watch them later, that's great. Or like I said, if you go to the audio podcast feed, that's great. This is an audio podcast first and foremost. So if that's the primary way you listen to it, I appreciate that. Uh, again, I'm trying to engage more viewers and listeners. I'm trying to grow the show. Like I said, I've uh, gotten more downloads in the last month than I've had in a while. So I... I appreciate that. So thank you for people that have downloaded the podcast, whether you've tried it once and moved on or whether you're continuing to listen. My download numbers have gone up. So I really appreciate that. And hopefully that's reflecting the work that I'm putting into it. And I'm going to continue to do it. And it's not work to me. I really enjoy doing this podcast. So again, if you can help spread the word, that would really help me out. And I would really appreciate it. And like I said, the two best ways you can do it. Number one, if you listen to the audio podcast feed, specifically on iTunes, but wherever you do, Please uh, rate and review the show. I'll give it five stars if you love it. Uh, like I said, the rating and reviews help the show get a higher profile in search results. So again, people are always looking for new podcasts when they run out of ones to listen to. And if they love movies like I do, and they love talking movies or hearing about discussion about movies, uh, please uh, lead them to my podcast. I think they'll enjoy it. And uh, the way I can do it, like I said, I'm an independent podcaster. So the only way I'm going to get the word out is through word of mouth from people like you that listen and recommend it. So thank you for doing that. The second way that you can do it, again, is if you see my post on social media, I post on Twitter every single day, Instagram every single day, and Facebook pretty much every single day. So if you see any of those, please 
like the post, share the post, retweet, share it on your Instagram, share it on your Twitter, share it wherever you have social media, because that's another easy way uh, people that may be looking for a podcast can uh, can find this one. So again, if you can do one of those two things, or if you can do both, I would really appreciate it. The email for the show, again, is bendyourearpodcast at gmail.com. So if you want to email the show, if you have any suggestions, uh, please let me know. Uh, I take any and all suggestions. And again, or if you want to just talk movies, uh, again, the best way to interact with me, if you want to just chit chat about movies, shoot the breeze on them is on Twitter. I'm, I'm on there every day. And uh, I'm commenting on people's posts. I'm talking about movies, you know, what I like, what I don't like, what you like, what you don't like. So please, if you're a movie buff and you like that interaction, please, uh, I'm looking for more of that all the time. Uh, outside of the podcast itself, I just enjoy having those conversations about movies. So please uh, check me out on Twitter at Bend Your Ear Pod, which is also the handle again for Instagram. And uh, I appreciate, again, like I said, I appreciate everybody that's checked out the show. Uh, this is something I do out of pure enjoyment. I love talking movies. I love being able to have an outlet to do that. And uh, again, I'm going to end the last few shows uh, of this show as I've ended the last few shows. Uh, I encourage everybody out there, uh, if you're watching this live or if you hear this later, or if you watch this later, if you have something you love to do, uh, just do it. Uh, if you haven't done it at all, start doing it. If you do it, do it more. Uh, like I said, I think we all need something, some kind of outlet uh, that gives us happiness and joy, whatever that may be. So uh, I would encourage everybody to do that. Uh, if you uh, are struggling, you know, mental health wise, or if you're struggling, just trying to get out of a rut or whatever it is, just just find that thing that you're passionate about and, and soak your energy into that. Uh, does it cure everything that may be wrong? No, but it does definitely help. It does put you in a different mindset and hopefully it'll get you on a path to where you can find uh, consistent, at least joy in something that you, uh, that you love doing. So I would encourage everybody to do that. So again, thank you for listening. This is episode 72. I hope you enjoyed it. Like I said, please recommend the show to your friends. You're listening to let me bend your ear podcast. Uh, thank you for everyone that's listened and is listening and hopefully we'll get some more listeners in the future. And again, uh, I'm going to keep this live aspect, uh, going indefinitely. And, uh, like I said, if people join, that's great. If they don't, like today, that's fine. No problem at all. I'm going to have it open uh, for when they do, because I think it's just another way to try to engage. And I'm going to continue to put all my effort into doing that. So thank you for everyone that's listening to this now or later. And I hope everybody is good. And I hope everybody has a fantastic week. Take care.